Well, welcome to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. This is the continuation of our Breeders' Cup specials. This is a Tuesday's episode. I have three great guests. Mike Pegram, who is the owner of McKenzie, the 3-1 to favorite in the Breeders' Cup Classic on Saturday. Mike was also the 10-year director of the TOC. That's the Thoroughbred Owners of California, and he was the chairman for over five years. He'll give us a little blurb on uh, the situation with California racing right now. We'll also have on Ronnie Anderson, the agent for Joel Rosario. He feels like he has a loaded card, a loaded weekend. So we'll listen to hear what Ron has to say about Joel's mounts this weekend. And we'll finish up the show with the great Hall of Famer, 26 Breeders' Cup wins, the most of any jockey for Breeders' Cup Classic. That's the one and only the great Mikey Smith. So we've got a great show for you today. When we come back, we'll get it started and start taking your notes. I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. And here's a guy that says if the weather's clear, can do, can do. This guy says the horse can do, if he says the horse can Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. And uh, my next guest is actually not very fair to have my next guest on because he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, Mike Pegram, the owner of McKinsey in this year's Classic, uh, was installed yesterday as the Three to one favorite, uh, Mike. Good morning. How's the mo- how's the morning going for you? And uh, must be a great, exciting week. Yeah, everything's good, Coach. It's uh, I'm glad the horses are in Southern California, and I'm in Northern Nevada because it was about 11 degrees this morning. So I hope the horses were moving better than I was this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit chilly in Seattle. I have to walk a whopping 50 yards from my house to the studio, and it was a little a uh, little nippy out there this morning. For the fans out there that don't know, Mike uh, Pegram was uh, 10 years as a director of the TOC. Now, the TOC is, the, for all you football fans listening, that's the thoroughbred owners of California. Mike also served almost six years, five years plus, as the chairman and uh, was very, very close to the state of the business and the state of uh, racing in, in California. Uh, helped get a couple of really good bills passed that helped the purse structure. Mike, you got any update or any comments on the state of racing in California as we go into this big Breeders' Cup week? Well, if anybody knows anybody that's a member of TLC, please stop and say thank you to them because uh, those guys are in hand-to-hand combat uh, almost every day because, you know, unfortunately California has gone through a lot of uh, trying times uh, with racetrack ownership. You know, I was there when Hollywood Park closed, mm-hmm. uh, and we was there when uh, the, we ran at the big deficits in, in the stabling fund. And like I say, there's a whole lot to the horse racing. I'm just glad now to be back where I can enjoy the sport. Not that you don't enjoy it doing what the work of the TLC, but. You really get into the inner workings of horse racing, which is very complicated because it is a very highly regulated business mm-hmm. through the state and with lobbyists, and everybody has their own agenda and what the expansion of of the gaming dollar. And everybody knows California gets no uh, subsidies from any other form of gaming. So you know, California is still my two favorite tracks in the world: is Delmar and Santa Anita. So. I just hope we can survive the onslaught of what California racing has got hit with and hope we have a great 
Breeders' Cup this week. And I'm hoping so, too. And, of course, I'll see you on Saturday. Well, you and Carl and Paul, uh, your co-owners or your tri-owners of uh, McKenzie uh, in the Breeders' Cup Classic this year, but I want to start out in 1992. 30 Slews wins the Breeders' Cup Sprint. That was back when there was only one day of racing and, uh, what, five, six, seven races? I can't even remember that far back. But uh, Eddie Delahousie, the great Eddie Delahousie, uh, won for you on 30 Slews. Tell us a little about the excitement of that first Breeders' Cup win. I'm going to take the fans down the road of a couple other Breeders' Cup wins you had, too. Uh, probably the most unique thing about the Breeders' Cup that year People don't realize that's the first thoroughbred that Bob Baffert had ever bought mm. at Keeneland. Really? And the reason for the name 30 Slews is he paid $30,000 for it. Okay. And he didn't have an owner. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so he, was... <laughs> he, he bought this, so I kept on telling him all the time, Bobby, I'll take the horse. No, I need your money for claiming. <laughs> so we ended up partnering up the horse with some other uh uh, of his quarter horse clients who were Dutch masters was their stable name, which were great guys. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that day, uh, and that was before simulcast, well, you had simulcasting, but you did not have the, um, all of the pools commingled. Oh, right. So each right. state, so each state had their own payout. So right. I think in, uh, I think we got $32 in, in, uh, golf stream. I know he paid 58 in New York. Oh, I think he paid thirty-eight in Kentucky and in California. Those poor people only got twelve-dollar mutual. And where did you bet? <laughs> I, was, I was down in Florida. We <laughs> ended up walking out of there with bags full of money. But uh, I guess the most uh, the memorable thing was when when Eddie came into the uh, into the paddock, and you know Eddie is the the consummate professional and bobby started talking to him and he says uh hey pay attention we can win this thing and he said hey, i could have rode four other horses i know we can win this chill <laughs> out he told Baffert, chill out that's great so that was the first million dollar race and uh and you know he was a big gray and he he ran down me sir i don't know if you remember that little filly and she was gray herself and we we finally got her we probably end up winning by a long neck. And then she came back the next year and ran second in the Breeders' Cup again hmm. against the boys. So she was a hell of a filly. But that day it was a full moon. It was ran on Halloween on October 31st. And uh, I don't think uh, Miami will ever be the same after what we did that night. <laughs> Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> yeah. Or Joe's Crab. Or Joe's Joe's Crab. Yeah, yeah. If I remember right, we may have been the last one to leave. And I think I think we ran out a whole lot of people early. <laughs> yeah. And they probably ran out of Crab and Coors Light. That's my guess. <laughs> uh, well, the, the good news about that day, Coach, is uh, – that was the first race. That was the first Breeders' Cup race of the day. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had, I, I can remember APND won the Classic. I remember that was the day that P. Val came up the rail and actually took out the hedge on Phrase to win that thing. He just, he never bothered no other horses, but that hedge was never the same after he, <laughs> <laughs> he went to the inside and went up the rail. But it was a good day of racing. Oh, all Breeders' Cups are. Really, really good racing. And and speaking of Coors Light, what about a 1998 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, uh, the great Philly uh, uh, Silver Bullet Day? Tell us about 
tell the fans about that day. That had to be special for you. She was quite some horse, quite some Oh, horse. yeah, I think she went off at one to nine that day. And, <laughs> uh, and there, there wasn't no betting, but there was a whole lot of beer drinking afterwards. Yeah. If you remember that race, Baffert had another horse named Executive Meeting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that uh, that DeSormo wrote. And, you know, that was your DeSormo won the Derby on Real Quiet. Mm-hmm. For, so you, for you guys, so the fans a, know. She yeah. had a, a, she was in hand, and Gary Stevens was riding um, Silver Bullet Day, and he ends up winning by three quarters of the length. But, you know, two jumps past the war, DeSormo was biased. And DeSormo, uh, DeSormo, told him he said if that if that race was two jumps further i'd catch you gary said we could have went around two times and you never gonna catch this philly <laughs> she knew exactly where you were and she knew exactly where the wire was but she was uh she was just an unbelievable philly to own and to think that i had her in real quiet at the same time that's when you know you're walking between raindrops oh that's unbelievable that those are two great horses and 1998 was a good year for me i was with the vikings as you remember we went 15 and one we didn't quite get to the super bowl but you know you went on to win the preakness in 98 with real quiet and uh oh my goodness just very very short space to win that triple crown that year in belmont i think that was the year they i don't want to bring up bad memories but that was the year they had the bonus too wasn't it Oh yeah, there was five million. Ugh. You know, oh can't can't you know? Everybody had everybody had their money out. Everybody was was part of the deal, and uh, you know, we just uh, it's twenty years later, and it took me about ten years. So, if you go back and watch that race, if they would have taken that picture ten times, we were ahead nine. Oh, I know. I it was, was literally the dirtiest bob you could have ever that you could have ever gotten and uh but you know what it's uh this sport's been nothing but good to me so you ain't gonna hear me cry but that was the one that got away yeah that was a toughie uh 2007 midnight blue then you come back in 2008 uh what a great training job by bobby and win it the breeders cup sprint again with Midnight Loot, and uh, there's another one. Well, let me tell you how uh, great a training job that was, Coach. Yeah, it was. Bobby calls me in April and says, hey, we got to retire this horse. This yeah. is April of 08. He says, uh, you know, he, he's just going so bad, he, we just need to retire. Said, Bobby, you can't retire a stud in April. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, keep him at the track and give him some time and see what what happens. And I'll be damned. <laughs> I don't know what he had or remember what he had, but he ran him. He ran him one time at uh, at uh, in the Bean Crosby, and he got left. And we thought, okay, now this is all done. He ran fourth, didn't fire, and then Bobby said, "No, nah, no, nah, he's going to be all right." He trained him up to that race, and uh, if you remember that day, he Ooh. made that big move on the on the turn, and like Trevor said. He needed wings to catch him once he got rolling. Oh, he got rolling. That was that was unbelievable, and that was a great training job. But I was going to bring up what I thought was another spectacular training job was in 2011. You win the uh, juvenile sprint with Secret Circle, and then the horse comes back two years later after a long, I think one race. I think Bobby got one race yeah. into Secret Circle, and you come back and win the sprint. In uh, 2013 with Secret Circle. Now, to me, that's another great training job. I mean, wh- what that had to be. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that had to that's be. That's the reason we call him Einstein. He's got that <laughs> white hair, and when it comes to horses, he, uh, 
there's nobody like him. He's got a sixth sense, and, you know, he, he lists how he communicates with them. I don't know, but uh, his record speaks for itself, and uh, it's really amazing when you when you come back and look at this, thinking it would be, uh, what, 27 years since uh, 30 Slews won the uh, mm-hmm. first Breeders' Cup, and nobody knew who Bob Bapford was then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mr. Yeah. Doctor. Look D- at him today. And, yeah. yeah, he's like Doctor Dillo. He's taken too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's had one hell of a Hall of Fame career, as you know, and you guys have been together for such a long time, and you got him started. Uh, he was a. Hey, we're talking about Bob Baffert for all those fans out there. He was a quarter horse trainer for many, many years. And I tell you what, though, this week, McKenzie, Mike, uh, McKenzie uh, was working great at the track from what I'm being told and uh, all the articles I've read and talking with you. You couldn't put yourself in a in a better position going into Saturday's Classic than where you're at right now with McKenzie. How about a little bit on that? How you feeling about that, Mike? Well, I mean, he it's a- it's hard. It's hard to say that a horse has made almost three million dollars and only ran out the money once mm-hmm. uh, has been a tough luck horse. But mm-hmm. he, he has kind of been a tough luck horse, and we've always been high on him. And uh, and hopefully Saturday uh, he'll show up and study stuff. But as you said, Coach, he couldn't be doing any better on the track. We had a great draw, draw in the eight hole yes. last night. Yes, but. Uh, you go down the PPs, and uh, you know I think there's nine Grade One winners in this race, and uh, nobody it ain't going to be no walkover if he if he shows up and runs his best race. I think we get there, but uh, I, I'm looking at the chart now, and there's five seconds, and all five of those seconds we thought we were the winner, and unfortunately couldn't get there. Yeah, I was there with you at Belmont in the Metropolitan Handicap when Matoli and and McKenzie got in all that trouble. Yeah, the Whitney was a hell of a race. He seemed to be playing with him that day. And I'm really excited for you and your partners, uh, Paul and Carl and, and your family. And uh, I know you're busy. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I will see you sometime around noon on Saturday, okay? You got a deal, Coach. Bring, right. bring, I hope you bring a lot of money with you and bring a lot more back home with you oh yeah i hope i uh i hope you can't let me on the plane because the extra weight from the money in my pocket is too much <laughs> <laughs> all right mike thanks for coming on all, all right, right. Bye. can do can do this guy says the horse can do if he says the horse can do well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tyson. My next guest is a jocks agent for one of the top riders in our nation. Uh, rides all over the country. He had his tack out in California for quite a while. And that's Ronnie Anderson, the jocks agent for Joel Rosario. Ron, how's it going this morning? And you're back on the West Coast, I hear. Great, Mike. Yeah, we're in for Breeders' Cup. And then we'll go back for a short stint at Aqueduct and be back for the winter here. Um we were here last year, and everything's good. We're looking forward to it. Well, that's great. I know that you're busy and uh, catching up with some old friends like uh, Gary Stevens, who I know you know very well, and Gary, yeah. Gary's on our show every week. But let's go ahead and start going down the um, list of mounts that Joel has for Friday and Saturday, and he's got quite a bit, and he's got some really good ones. Let's start out with the uh, – Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf, and he has in there, and if I butcher the names, I'm really good at that, Andesite 
uh, Andesite, is that the name of the horse? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that horse came out of the Belmont, was uh, ran, uh, rode in a, uh, ran in a Pilgrim, grade three, finished a, a second, pretty good second. Tell us a little bit about that horse, if you will, please. Well, fortunate enough to end up on a horse for Brad Cox, as right. you know, is one of the premier young guys in the game that's winning uh, everywhere and, mm-hmm. and all. And I, I feel fortunate to, to ride this horse. Finished second in one of the major preps. Looks like it'll be forwardly placed, which the way the turf course is might be a, an asset. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the horse to beat near might be Christoph Clement's horse that Irad Ortiz rides four to one. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I give myself a good chance in this race. And I wanted to preface everything, Mike, by explaining. I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Right. And I hope I'm right here. I've won 30 Breeders' Cup races with my riders. You know, I had Gary, Jerry Bailey, Garrett yeah. Gomez, Chris Antley. I don't ever remember having a better lineup mm. going into these two days than I have this year. So I, I hope I don't jinx myself and people lose a lot of money, but I've got some crazy good chances, and, and we're looking forward to this, yeah. this two days. Yeah, you really do. You guys do. And you, you're talking about the Clement horse, the decorated invader, and the four horse. Yeah. Uh, as the horse that you think is the horse to beat, I'm not. I don't get too thrilled about those horses that uh, that uh, come out of Woodbine, so I'm a little bit prejudiced, I guess. But uh, hopefully, nobody firebombs my house. But uh, <laughs> that, that's a that's a good start to the weekend. Let's move on to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf, going a mile on the uh, Santa Anita turf. You have a horse. I think it's pronounced like the Champagne Cristal. That yeah. ran second in the Miss Grillo uh, at Belmont, Grade Two. Uh, you rode that horse last time, uh, selflessly. Uh, selflessly uh, won the race. Tell us a little bit about that horse. And boy, it came flying! It came flying this last time. This is an time. exceptional filly, Mike. She, if you look up her last quarter for a two-year-old, uh, they don't run the last quarter in twenty-three. She's done it three times in a row, I believe. Mm-hmm. They. They better be a long way in front of her when she makes her run. Ideally, I'd want a little more ground, but generally right. speaking, in the Breeders' Cup races, you get plenty of pace. And I don't, re- I wouldn't change mounts with anybody in there. I don't know why she's quite eight to one mm-hmm. because I think she's really, really good. And coming in after this next year, I think she's one that people need to put on their stable watch or whatever because I think she's going to be exceptional next year going forward. Uh, she's really, really good. Yeah, and they, people, I think, are going to go after the Pletcher horse, the sweet Melania, and then mm-hmm. and then that shipper that's coming in from Longchamp for uh, Mrs. Harrington, the trainer, Mrs. Harrington, uh, Albinia. And so, yeah, no, I like mm-hmm. where this horse fits, and I, I like the way the horse closed last time, and that's the seven-horse Cristal. And, and when I started writing down these races last night and putting together the uh, interview, uh, the first three horses were sevens, and I said, oh, gosh, I hope Ronnie likes the seven. Right. And so let's move on to the next seven, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. Boy, this is a really contentious race, and uh, there's uh, three or four horses in here that I like that could win this race. The favorite the more, the favorite last night in the draw was the Simon Callahan horse ridden by Pratt, and that's uh, Dono Veloce. I think that's how you say it. And uh, you guys have Wicked Whisper, the seven. Talk about that horse a little bit for Steve Asmussen. I think she's exceptional, Mike. Now, I have all the more 
all the much uh, respect for the, the the favorite in here, but ideally, you know, you're a good handicapper. Ideally, you wouldn't want to go from a sprint to a route right. in a grade one race off of one. Mm-hmm. She's stuck down on the inside. I don't see her shaking loose of a, a couple three in here. So she would be a vulnerable favorite for me, mm-hmm. and I think I'm absolutely one of the ones that could beat her. Uh, my Phillies obviously, uh, you know, won twice. She trains over the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steve Asmussen's been here a month. She yes. trained exceptional over this track. She's going to be very much forwardly placed, probably laying maybe even second to the one, or at, at the worst she'd be laying would be third. And I give her an exceptional chance. I think she's, I think she's very, very good. Yeah, and you know, and and I'm not putting down the handicappers that set the line, uh, and but uh, the four horse British idiom to me, if if you're going to have a, another favorite. Uh, that horse should be at uh, lower odds, in my opinion, than Dona Veloce. I'm with you. Coming off a six-and-a-half furlong mating win, going into a grade one, that's a big task to ask of a young horse. In, big jump. In, in, yeah, big, big jump. Well, that's good information. Let's move on to uh, day number two. I'm keep this thing going because you guys got a lot of horses to talk about. The, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint, seven furlongs. This is a uh, come dancing, Carlos Martin, five to two. And you guys, are, for Brad Cox, you guys are going in as the uh, morning line favorite, I believe. Uh, Kof, how do you say that? Kofef? Kofefe. Kofefe. Okay. Yes. God bless you. Uh, so you got Kofefe <laughs> for Brad Cox. God, you, you picked up that mountain. I mean, the horse won the test, came back and won the dogwood at Churchill, seven furlongs in a really nice time, 120 and, and two. Uh, tell us a little bit about that speedster because uh, she look, looks like she is a speedster. Mike, she's obviously a record kind of speaks for itself. She's exceptional from the one hole. Joel playing the break has definitely just probably got to go. And you know what? She got a lot of W's next to her name. So I wouldn't trade mounts here again with anybody in the race. Uh, I would say come dancing, comes running. Uh, I would say uh, at this point in time, I'm absolutely the Philly to beat. Ideally, I wouldn't want to be in the one hole, but it looks like she's so quick to me. Mm-hmm. She's probably going to be on the engine and in front. And like I said, I'm not telling anybody something you can't see, but she's she's absolutely the one to beat here. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, there's some nice horses in here. I mean, John Saddle was on the program yesterday. He's got a nice horse. I know that uh, Johnny V is coming on next, actually next, and uh and he's got a nice horse that spice perfection, but uh, I'm with you. I wouldn't change spots with a 107 buyer. I wouldn't change spots with anybody. Kofefe, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. But let's move on to the Breeders' Cup. Goes off as the fifth race on Saturday. Breeders' Cup turf sprint. Uh, in here, you got a horse for an old Seattle boy, uh, Mark Glatt. Uh, watched him grow up, literally. I remember when I was with the Seahawks, I spoke at his is junior high school for his class. Uh, I've known him a long, oh, long wow. time. I've known him a long time. He's he's doing. He's having a very nice career. But you have Eddie Haskell in there. Tell us a little bit about Eddie Haskell for my friend uh, Mark Glatt. Eddie Haskell would be a horse for me. That is a horse for the course. I think he has a distinct advantage because he's ran so well at this distance on this course. And I think he's got an excellent chance, but I'm going to preface that by one thing. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a drag race. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a drag race. 
huge field on the flat, five-eighths of a mile, and I really think at this point he's going to need to get a little lucky, which, you know, this kind of race kind of warrants that. So I do like him a lot. I don't think he's unbeatable by any chance because mm-hmm. it is a deep race. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a home court advantage. It's like you when you play football. When you're playing at home, you always have a little edge, and I think that's his uh, – his, uh, his, his edge here is, is the home court. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of horses that could win this race. Uh, Stormy Liberal, who actually won the race uh, before at, at Churchill last year, and then uh, even uh, even Peter Miller's other horse, the seven-year-old, Om, uh, has a shot, and then uh, it's going to be a wide-open race. That's going to be a thriller and it's going to be a fast pace and a, uh, who knows, maybe a close will get that race. The next horse, the next horse in the Makers Mark Breeders' Cup, Philly Mayor Turf, has maybe my, Diana, my, that's my wife, favorite, who you know, yeah. uh, favorite name in the, Mississippi. I love it. I mean, what a, what a name of a horse. Mississippi uh, running in the uh, Makers Mark Breeders' Cup, Philly Mayor Turf uh, for Grand Motion. Uh, this horse ran second last time to Sister Charlie, and uh, I, I, li- I like this horse. I mean, this horse is 8-1. Uh, to one. I mean, geez, you got to be kidding me. No, another real decent chance, Mike, kind of a sneaky play. She didn't get beat far by Sister Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks like she uh, second race off the bench or out of, out of Europe usually is a regression for me, and mm-hmm. she went forward. I think she's going to be in a decent spot in the race, and obviously there's a big target on Sister Charlie's back. Yes, and like you said, the enticing part is eight to one. Um, I, I think this is interesting too, with the, with a real legitimate chance. Yeah, the horse is uh, by Blame, uh, <laughs> and uh, owned by Mr. Stone, Andrew Stone, and I. This is uh, and Grand Motion does such a nice job with the uh, turf horses, and uh, th- that's going to be a really contentious race, and. Uh, Maybe that could be a, a really nice, healthy exacta for the fans, too, with Sister Charlie, who's probably going to go up the odds-on on favorite. So let's move down to the final ones here. Uh, I talked to jo- John Sadler yesterday. He made the move to uh, not put Catalina Cruiser in the mile, but to put uh, to put uh, him in the uh, sprint. Uh, he thought his numbers were better there. I can't disagree with him. I don't like the one-hole, obviously, but... Uh, He's got some. He's got a nice way about him. He's a fast horse. He doesn't do anything but you talk about winning, Ronnie. Eight starts, seven wins. It's pretty another pretty nice horse you've hooked right here. Yes, we're lucky enough. So one hole for me doesn't really bother me because I don't think he's going to be up in the speed, and there is quite a bit of speed here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's a horse that's going to be completely out the back. He's going to be one of those horses. That's probably five, six, five, four, five, six lengths off of it. Mm-hmm. So say he's going to save ground. And like you said, the bottom line is he's got every race is uh, all but one W. So at this point, he's you know he doesn't know he can get beat. So that's always a, a huge plus uh, uh, for this. Uh, Matoli, yep. you know what yep. he speaks for himself, but yep. he's going to be up in the race, and you know he might get entertained or chased. Uh, and I, I think we have a very good chance to come running again in here with another great chance. Yeah, I was there uh, uh, following my friend Mike Pegram's horse, McKenzie, at the Met Mile at Belmont, and uh, Dave Matoli won. McKenzie got in a bunch of trouble. 
Uh, Matoli comes back a couple of races later, wins the Forego at Saratoga. You got Chance a lot, which is a speedster. Uh, you have uh, your horse in there, the uh, Catalina Cruiser, who I like, I'm a fan of. That's going to be a hell of a race. I, I went on record saying it could be one of the most exciting races of the weekend because it's so contentious. For sure. And you got, you know, they got the little horse, Imperial Kent. Yeah, don't who forget. Is, a, is yeah. A, a speed horse, too, that's going to want to lay very close. So yeah. it's an interesting race because of all the gas in there. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that uh, my horse will run well. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. And I know John, speaking with John, he's been on the show a couple of times. He's very high on that horse. Um, let's move on to the TVG Breeders' Cup Mile uh, on the turf. Uh, you guys are riding for Chad Brown, a horse that you rode last time. Really like this horse. You won the Fast Lady Grade One at Keeneland. Uh, set a third in the a really good third. If there's ever a good third, I sound like Mike Puich. Uh, uh, on the mile on the turf at Saratoga, Uni. Uh, is that how you say it, or is it Uni? Yes, Uni. Yeah, Uni. Yeah, Uni, Uni is her name. Yeah, Uni. Uh, go ahead and tell us about that horse. I mean, the, the form She's speaks for itself. She's exceptional, Mike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is exceptional. She's got a European, you know, quicken or kick like you just can't even imagine. He's in a full field where he's going to come from. He's going to need to work out a little bit of a trip. But I'm going to tell you what, the last part of this race, they, they all better be up the track because she's got a devastating last quarter of a mile. Um, she came out of her race great. She's trained, you know, two weekends in a row, Chad. Chad kind of uh, bricks and mortar. He was thinking to run here, but she was doing so well. Mm-hmm. He decided to, to, to run a mile and a half with bricks and mortar, I, I believe, because of her of her pre, uh, presence in this race. And mm-hmm. another one, I cannot in any way, shape, or form uh, think I would like to ride anything else in the race. She is absolutely uh, one of the ones to beat, and I think she'll be tough. Yeah, I mean to put the mare in there against uh, against these boys, against these fellas. Uh, I think it's a it's a good move because the numbers speak for themselves, and uh, she's going to be a big part of uh, of what that, what everyone has to say about winning this race, and uh, she's going to be a big part of it, in my opinion. So, let's exactly. got a couple more left for you here, Ronnie. I'll let you go have your breakfast and uh, appreciate your time and coming on Breeders' Cup this staff. Um, Ollie's Candy for Johnny Saddle. We just talked about him. Tell us a little bit about uh, that horse. We're his third in the uh, in the Zenyatta to Paradise Wood and Secret Spice. Go ahead and, and talk about Ollie's Candy a little bit. John Saddle, you know, whenever he runs a horse or even enters, you better, you know, highlight that horse on your program and, and consider it in the mix. I'm not thinking she's one that could definitely win here, obviously. But she could be something that flops third or fourth in mm-hmm. your try or super effective. Um, she has a bit of a home court advantage. Um, uh, Midnight Bijou is going to be a huge favorite. But I tell people on these kind of days, when you have an overwhelming favorite, mm-hmm. you need to try and beat them, even if it's for a couple dollars here and there. Because if you do happen to beat her, you're going to get well paid, uh, a, a, an exaggerated type of mutual. So, um, you know, for, like I said, to, to flop, she's a flop horse for me, possibly. To, to be on the board, I'm not, I'm not thinking she definitely can win, but she could, she could be on the, in the gimmicks. Yeah, I'm trying to, when you get a horse like Midnight Bijou for the fans, what I try to do is just find one or two horses I can play underneath and catch myself a decent exact. I, and, not, and I'm not going to try to get rich because in a race like that, when Midnight Bijou is going to go off a, a odds-on probably favorite, 
it's hard to make a lot of money unless you got a lot of money. Right. <laughs> but right. I'm, on right. A, I'm on a fixed income. I'm retired. So, <laughs> so let's get to the big one. Of course, I'm excited that you're riding uh, the horse for my uh, dear friend. So I'll, I'll see you in the uh, paddock. McKenzie. For Bob Baffert, uh, the eight horse, three to one uh, fate, morning line favorite in the draw last night. Well, they didn't need we say anything more, but go ahead and give me your thoughts on uh, McKenzie. Well, th- this is another home court advantage. Bob Baffert drew well towards the outside. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an awful good horse. He's in with a few nice horses, but again, I wouldn't trade places. Going to be very much forwardly placed, and Bob is pretty much been wowed by his training uh he's very very pumped and from being around bob for years and you've been around him too when he gets he gets this confident this pumped up with one you better not be trying to beat him um i think he's i think he's definitely uh a horse to beat and uh i'm uh, got my fingers crossed that we can we can access one out the story involved with with his great and good friend brad who you know, on the racetrack, you always have people that that are not rooted for and 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 knocked. But Brad McKenzie is one of the the nicest uh, gentlemen that you'd ever want to meet. And his passing was a, a big uh, shock to, and and uh, for Bob. And I know he wants to win this race in, uh, in his memory. So that would be a great story too. Yeah, it really would. And uh, Brad was a good man, of course, from uh, Los Alamitos. Uh, but seven, uh, 13 starts, seven wins, five seconds. And I had Mike on this morning, Pegram, one of the owners. He said that he, he look, it's hard to say with a horse that's won $2.2 million, but it's kind of a little bit of a hard luck horse. You know, the only time the horse yeah. hasn't hit the board, unfortunately, was in last year's Breeders' Cup. But uh uh, I was there, like I said earlier, in the Metropolitan, and the horse just couldn't find a way out and uh, to beat Matoli, and then goes blown by Matoli by three or four lengths at the end. But, hey, listen, yeah. have a great week. I'm sure I'll see you Saturday at some point. Uh, enjoy yourself catching up with all your friends there, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming Mike. on, and thanks for all the information, Ron. Thanks, Mike. Look forward to seeing you on the weekend. All right, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Can do. Can do. This guy says the horse can do. If he says the horse can do. Can do. Can do. Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. And my next guest is a Hall of Fame jockey, winner of the most Breeders' Cup races of any jockey in the history. 26 Breeders' Cup wins. He won the 2016 Classic with Arrogate, and he also has won four Breeders' Cup Classic. That's my friend Mike E. Smith. Mikey, how's it going, man? You getting anxious and excited? It's going great, Coach, and yes, I am, man. This is about the time when it really starts to starts to build up and all the excitement and all the owners are showing up and, and the horses and jocks and trainers, so it's a, it's a lot of fun now. Yeah, so I have, correct me if I'm wrong, I watched the show last night, the entry show, The uh, uh, I have you down for six mounts, is that correct? And I want to go through those with you right now, if that's okay? Sure, yes it is. I got six mounts, and uh, one on Friday and five on Saturday. Okay, well let's start with Friday. Let's start in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, where you're going to be riding a horse named Scabbard, the five horse for Eddie Kennelly, ran second in the Iroquois 
at Churchill Downs last out on September 14th. Tell us, tell the fans a little bit. And you ran behind a really good horse, one of the horses they were all got the buzz on. That's Dennis's moment. Talk to us a little bit about Scabbard. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you go back, if you're if you're a handicapper and you're a trip handicapper, when you go back and look at the trip he had, uh, and you and you look at that, and then you look at the margin of of of, of, uh, of the, what he got beat on, which was about a length and a half. You know, he got stopped pretty pretty bad going into the. Far turn, I would say about the three and a half to three eighth pole. That, mm-hmm. and he had to back way up. Why the other horse, Dennis's moment, got got a you know a big jump on him. Mm-hmm. And but then he came with a, a beautiful run, man. I mean, a brilliant run. You look at the wire. I mean, he, his best stride was actually the last few three, you know, three or four strides. He was really starting to reach out. And and the, so if you go off of trips, I mean, he gets a nice smooth trip. I mean, that puts him that puts him there with him. Now, does he have that extra fight to get on by? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be several others in there. They're going to be extremely tough. Uh, you know, that, that are training really well as, as well. So, right. but man, I'm just really excited about this horse. This is just kind of the sneaky horse that's going into the juvenile. That that uh, that the people who who really watch racing know about. Uh, if you didn't, if you don't really watch racing all that much, well, you might not. You might let him slip by the by the wayside. But he's certainly one you better put in there. Yeah, I, I agree. And my wife Diane, as you know, Diane is a good handicapper. She's a trip handicapper, so she's going to have she's going to be she all over that trip. <laughs> oh yeah, she's going to be all over that trip. Let's move on. I know you're busy with owners and stuff, so I want to whip through these horses with you. Let's go to the uh, Maker's Mark Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. You have a horse in there for Philip uh, Demato, uh, Little Red Feather Racing Mirth. Mirth is uh, 20, 20 to one in the morning line. Tell us a little bit about Mirth. It you rode it uh, and won the Grade One Rodeo Drive at Santa Anita, mile and a quarter. Yeah, that horse is not getting any respect. No, not not much at all. I mean, it, it, of course, you know those races are all extremely tough. You're going to have mm-hmm. the best of the East Coast that are going to be coming in, as well as the best overseas. Man, even European horses are just you know, superior at, at especially at that distance. But this is a really nice mirror. I mean, she's going to be forwardly placed. She probably won't be on the lead this time. Mike, I see Chad Brown's got two in there. He always yes. runs this one mare in there for Sister Charlie that just kind of makes pace. Yep. Uh, she'll be kind of the pacemaker. So we're just going to try and ignore her. And as long as my mare will, will cooperate with me and we, and we both ignore her, and we'll just kind of probably be sitting second and see if we can get a, a jump on the closes. And then then we got to hold them off at the end. So it's, it's yep. going to be a little bit of a tactical uh Riders kind of race, uh, but she's got ability, and she's going to be the one that's going to make the first run. It's just a matter of we're good enough to hold them off. Yeah, and then I, I also uh, was talking with Ronnie Anderson, you know, the agent for Joel Rosario today, and that, that I love the name of his horse, Joel's uh, Mississippi. Uh, that horse is going to be tough as well. Ran second to uh, uh, Sister Charlie in the Flower Flower Bowl Invitational. Uh, but, yeah, Mirth, I think Mirth it might be getting a little bit overlooked for the exotics and – and you got a chance there to, to maybe get uh, get a piece of the action. Let's move on. Not sure. Yeah, sure go ahead. So. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, eighth race on the card. I'm going to jump to the sprint right now. You have a horse in there for Vicky Foley, called Hog Creek Hustle. You've not run it. It's another horse that Corey Lannery rode uh, back back east, back at Keeneland, uh, in the Phoenix. Uh, only beaten a length and a half, a length and a quarter, really. Uh, some late game. Talk to us a little bit about how I think this race here is going to be crazy. This sprint, so oh, it, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a extremely uh, everyone in there is just really really talented. But mm-hmm. I mean, it it should be a very very fast run race. And it's, 
And if it is, I'm, I'm hoping it's super hot early because then that gives me more of a more of a chance because you know he he comes from way back, he settles and comes from way back. So if we can cut a corner going into the into the first into the turn. Mm-hmm. And then uh, find him a place to make a good long run at him, and they go quick enough. I'm not without a shot there either. I mean, he's a very talented three-year-old. He's a nice horse. I was supposed to ride him early on in his career, hadn't got the chance to. So I'm really happy that I that I picked him up uh, once Omaha Beach decided to go in the mile instead of the sprint, where we were able to able to ride him. Uh, and so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But man, that's going to be a tough race. Man. Tough, tough race, and and that's going to be a crazy race. One of the best, I think, of the weekend. And and Hog Creek Hustle, I want to throw out there for the fans, uh, took second in the Pat Day Mile behind Mr. Money and came back and won the Woody Stevens, uh, grade one, seven furlongs at uh, Belmont. And that's yeah, no, Belmont. yeah, that's nothing to, you know, that's nothing to not look at. You got to take a peek at that. That horse could jump up and surprise some people. I totally agree. That was a tough race that way, Stevens, as well. So yeah, if yeah. It, if we can get this, if we can get the 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 the, the, the pace to, to be awful quick early, which it should be, then that's certainly going to help us anyway. Yeah, and then and then now I'm going to go to two races, and I'll finish with the classic. But I'm going to go to two races where you really have a great shot to uh, extend your lead. Twenty six Breeders' Cup wins the most of any jockey in the history. And that is obviously a horse you just mentioned, Omaha Beach and the Breeders' Cup, the big-ass fans, Breeders' Cup <laughs> Breeders Cup Dirt Mile, unbelievable race you rode in the Santa Anita Sprint Championship, absolutely fantastic. I was all over that horse that day. Nobody on TVG gave you a chance. I was like, are you guys crazy? This was Mikey's pick for the freaking Kentucky Derby. So tell us a little bit about this great three-year-old cult well he came out of the race really good uh mike which is the important thing man i mean he came out uh you know you thought with a with a tough you know gun tr- gut-wrenching race like that that they might come out a little bit setback but mm-hmm. i mean he's he didn't miss an oak that night a matter of fact he ate up he's trained exceptionally well uh, yeah. ever since uh you know of course we all knew that he wanted to certainly you know have more ground than the sprint so maybe you know, maybe it didn't take all that much out of him, to be honest with you. And, mm-hmm. and he's training like it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And you just hope that it hasn't because as long as he runs his race on, on Saturday, man, he, he's going to be tough to beat. You give him, As long as he's given that chance to do it, he's going to be extremely hard to beat. He's training probably as well, if not better, than he ever has, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, flew a, he threw a bullet out on the 23rd at Santa Anita, five furlongs at 59-3. and three. Uh, I love this horse when you uh, picked this horse after it run, won the Rebel. The Arkansas Derby was unfortunate uh, uh, that it had some uh, setback, but that's part of racing. And Richard Mandela, the Hall of Fame, has done a great job of getting this horse back to the races and getting this horse back to the races as a factor. I mean, as a big factor in that race. Well, I know you love this next horse I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to go to the Breeders' Cup this staff. What a, what a beautiful beautiful filly, four-year-old Midnight Bizu for Steve Asmussen. Tell us all about this wonderful horse and and how excited you are to ride this horse on Saturday. Well, man, she's just really, really grown up this year, Mike, although she was, you know, talented last year as well, but this year she even stepped it up to another level, man. I mean, she she don't even look like the same horse, to be honest with you. She looks so good right now. Mm-hmm. She's about as dappled out as a horse could be, and she's training extremely well. And, and this could be her last race, uh, Mike. She's going to auction after this after this race. So, man, it would just be a it would be a blessing and, and amazing that she could go out a, a winner. Uh, 
because, like I said, this could be her last race. Unless the owners that, that, that buy her at the sale decide to run her one more year, and they certainly could because she's doing better than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great race. And uh, to me, I was talking on the show earlier today, it's it's fine to – uh, two horses underneath to hit myself an exacta because uh, I think that is going to be one of the, the singles <laughs> this weekend is Midnight Beast. I sure so. hope so. I uh, hope you're right. Yeah, I hope she's I'm doing right good. too. You know, she's yeah. she's going to have to take some kickback uh, early on in the in the meet. Uh, you know, horses really were the ones that were, were placed. You know, forward were had the advantage, but it's really starting to kind of uh, to, to play. You know, true to form now. Horses are coming from out of it and. And she's ran here before as, as a two-year-old, and she took the kickback pretty good as a two-year-old. So I wouldn't see why she shouldn't as an older mare. And and, uh, and well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, she, she's doing uh, as, as good as to be, probably even better than we even hoped going in. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. her last brief here yesterday morning, she just floated over the ground. She's she's on she's on go. She's ready to run her A race. And Steve's been uh, uh, been there for a month, I hear, uh, training. So he's yeah. he's had all his horses there, which is nice. Uh, well, let's get to the classic where you're a winner of four classics. Skip away in '97, the great Zenyatta in '09, the only filly or mare to ever win the classic. Drosselmeyer for Billy Mott in '11, and of course, I already mentioned Arrogate in 2016. Is this the year you win your fifth? You're on a horse named Yoshida for uh, Billy Mott, and this horse runs runs all the races and always runs well. And one of these times. I mean, this, ho- this race is really contentious now. This Breeders' Cup Classic is contentious. Uh, you never know. Yoshida can jump up as buyers. as He's competitive. Uh, talk about Yoshida a little bit. Yeah, you know, just really, really blessed. I was able to pick him up uh, for the Classic. Cause he's not without, like you said, not without a big chance. With his A-plus race, he's beaten these kind of horses before. And uh, we just got to get him to fire that kind of race and give him that kind of trip. And he's not without a really good chance. Uh, I honestly think he's probably one of very few horses in there that, that look like a true mile and a quarter horse. So mm-hmm. the distance shouldn't be a problem. We just got to get the trip and, and, and get him to fire his A race. And if he does that, he's not without a big chance, believe me. Well, and he's working extremely well. And I talked to Tom Ryan of SF Bloodstock. Of course, they have some interest in that horse. And uh, uh, he's pretty excited about the horse's chances. Hey, I know you're busy with some owners. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to come on and talk through your mounts. Have a great week. I'm coming in on Saturday, so I'll get a chance to holler at you and say hi. I know you'll be crazy busy. Uh, have a great week, Mike, and uh, and I'll I'll see you this week. I uh, look forward to seeing both of you guys. I'll see you guys soon. All right, Mikey. Well, that's it for today's Breeders' Cup special of Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. I want to thank my guest, Ron Anderson, agent for Joel Rosario, and what a great job he did talking through Joel's loaded mounts, loaded card, loaded two days of cards for Joel this weekend. I want to thank Mikey Smith. What a great job. The Hall of Famer, 26 Breeders' Cup wins, did talking through his mounts. And of course, the great comments on Omaha Beach and Midnight Bijou. And Mike Pegram, owner of McKinsey, and talking about a lot of his fun days winning Breeders' Cup races with Bob Baffert. You can tweet us at Odds and Ends Pod. That's O-D-D-S, the letter N, E-N-D-S Pod. Or you can email us at oddsendendspod at gmail.com. Hope all your horses are winning horses. And don't forget, I'd rather have a short price than a long face.